0: Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason De discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason De and I'm Brian Schulmeister. I have some good news today, Brian. Do you? Yes, I've actually got great news. I can see again.
1: Oh, I thought we'd like gotten some massive donation or something and I could quit my side hustle.
0: Uh, No, no, no. You have to keep your side hustle for now. I I have to keep mine as well. But I told you I broke my glasses a while ago, and I'm like, oh, no, it's out of warranty. Yes. Turns out everybody needs to check their paperwork because, turns (laughs) out, I beat it by three days and got a new uh, basically $600 pair of glasses for just the cost of uh, labor.
1: Right. Look, everybody should do themselves a favor. We have all this technology now. We have Google calendars. You can, you can create different calendars that lay over things and turn them on or off. What I do is anytime we get anything, I put end of warranty dates into a Google calendar and I have one just called warranties.
0: That's a good idea.
1: Isn't it though? It's actually a
0: very good idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's very smart and it, you keep track of things. You just check on it every now and then. You see when something's coming up, like, you know, my car warranty and I make an appointment before it goes out. Brian bringing the life hack. <laughs> That's right. There's a good life hack for you. Uh, we have a little bit of follow up. Uh, somebody wrote us but uh, didn't give us their name, uh, but you were having a trouble trying to print uh, PDF in Windows, mm-hmm. remember? So that great hack that I had. Well, getting the whole screen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that cool hack that works great on Mac wasn't doing it for you in Windows, but apparently you just uh, make sure you have Microsoft print to PDF listed under printers and scanners and Bob's your uncle.
0: Okay. I will check that out because I think I just did the built-in PDF printing from the browser.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess this will solve that problem. So you're set. Which is nice. Yeah, I will check it out. I want to talk about something that's been pissing me off. Uber is running commercials.
0: Oh, God, I know. They're everywhere.
1: The commercials are not to get you to use their service. They're to get you to come and work for them. Yep. <laughs> Which is a little weird, right? That's not traditionally what one would run a commercial for. I actually find these commercials offensive. I think it's ridiculous. Their Their whole their Their slogan is get your side hustle on. Is this mm. what we're now aspiring to as, as a nation? Uh, Yeah, I don't know where you've been, but pretty much, yeah. Isn't what we should be going for is a job that doesn't require side hustle? I mean, especially it's like, I can't tell if it's a single mom or not that's that's in the commercial that's running all the time. Uh, You don't see a husband. They go on vacation. It's just her and the kid. So she's driving around and uh, presumably has a different job, but she's driving around during the day. So I don't think that she has a regular job. I don't I don't understand what's going on here. It really just I, it, it drives me. Cra- I guarantee absolutely. Nobody that works for Uber that isn't a driver side hustles driving for Uber. They have a job that pays them well enough that they don't have to. So I, this is I just find it horrible that this is where we're at oh it drives me crazy i know i know take a breath take a breath (sighs) so i was just really i don't know why that got under my skin so much this week but it did because probably you can't get away from the commercials they run all the time
0: yeah i watched a little bit of the olympics and they were just everywhere so we have them linked in the show notes so you can go check them out if you if you're a glutton for punishment (laughs) and want to watch a commercial for a really crappy company over and over again
1: yes Yes. And, uh, you know, give up the dream of actually actually having one job and spending time with your kids. Get your side hustle on.
0: Yeah, that's never going to happen anymore. We're done. We're done with it. I've got a side hustle. I'm walking dogs now to help pay. The Are bills. you really? Yeah, I literally I've got I, I deal with my dogs enough, but nope, nope. I need a few <laughs> extra bucks a month because, you know uh things are tight as they say so i gotta go make some extra money to keep these guys in kibble and daycare
1: i don't know how we managed to slide into the gig economy but uh that is everybody's reality now apparently
0: yeah it's gonna be as short a trip down doggy lane as possible i can guarantee you that but when you you (laughs) gotta do it you gotta do it i'm not above taking you know taking the odd job to help pay the bills when you have to
1: yeah i'm i'm there I'm uh, working part-time in Scrabling to take uh, little jobs here and there, some of which I've talked about, some of which involve WordPress <laughs> <sighs> so
2: sorry. Yeah,
1: I know. What are you gonna do? Oh uh, Squarespace <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Host website builder
0: that would, uh, out there
1: That would require a budget to like move and redo sites. So. Oh
0: yes, the moving is the problem
1: always. The yeah, problem. they don't want to pay for that. so
0: they don't want to pay for <laughs> anything, especially when they hear no. WordPress. It's
1: like free website. I know. Nobody wants to pay for anything online anymore, but we'll get to that. I have some stories about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just want to point out that is the most, you know, hateful thing that WordPress ever did. It's like free software. And for developers, it's like it it just made our lives miserable. Mm-hmm. There's a special place in hell for Matt Mullenweg and his marketing team from WordPress. <laughs> because yes. how many times do you have to fight your clients? Say, no, this costs money. No, that's a plugin. But no, plugins aren't always free. If you want one that does something, you have to pay for it. Oh, and you have to pay me to install it and configure it and manage it and update it. Oh, you don't want to do yep. that either? Okay, well, there's Squarespace. Yep. Well, yeah, <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you watch any of the Olympics? Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, my wife is Canadian. Winter Olympics are a big deal for Canadians. NBC's broadcast coverage is so horrible.
2: Mm-hmm. It's so
1: horrible bad my wife is pissed all the time uh you know they they barely show anything they, events wise there better be an American in it that better be doing well for them to show it uh all these sports to show and they they repeat the same things uh, on the main channels the two main channels that you can get and I'm just too damn lazy to chase down all the apps that you need to be able to, to watch things properly so I catch some of it and obviously I'm only catching the stuff that uh NBC thinks is important which I don't necessarily agree with
0: so yeah I watched I watched some figure skating couples one night and uh, mm-hmm. and I just realized it's, you know, just a bunch of really hot people doing very silly things. So I, I kind of turned it off and went back to, well, my but, you
1: know, that's kind of sports ball in general, Jason.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> except, except for bowling. I did find an article from NBC Bay Area dot com, which is a little bit of a follow up mm-hmm. to our man pooness of San Francisco. It's called Diseased <laughs> yes. Streets. So uh, NBC up in the Bay Area did an investigation, and
2: <laughs> basically
0: it's so bad up there. San Francisco is now being compared to some of the worst slums in the world. Ugh, gross! I don't know if you've been up there recently, but that's kind of spot on.
1: No, I haven't been in a while. Uh, been at least two years since I've been up there. So, but I remember it was pretty, uh, pretty bad even two years ago. I mean, with all these slums, at least the rent's cheap, right? <laughs> oh wait, no. No. No it's
2: not.
1: <laughs> no it's not. Uh in a rare turn of events, I'm not going to crap on bird this week. We oh, talked goody. a little bit about uh Airbnb and how Berlin was basically shutting it down to try to keep uh rents under control and house prices under control and and uh, you know, get their get their money too because Basically, Airbnb is just an illegal operation at this point. And to prove that point, Santa Monica is having problems with Airbnb. Now, they had already started a dedicated enforcement team about a year ago uh, to try to stop uh, all the illegal short-term rentals going along here. Uh, But the uh, people who want to do things illegally are getting smarter. They are deleting listings during city hall business hours and then reposting reposting them when they know the task force won't be looking at the listings. How ridiculous is that? How unbelievable. This is the, again, this is the world that we live in now. (laughs) Light, cheat, and steel. That's, it's just accepted. I hold these companies responsible for this. They're the ones that tacitly allow it. Why isn't Airbnb shutting these things down? Oh, they make money. They're
0: just a platform, Brian. They're just a platform. They're
1: just a platform. So it's absolutely ridiculous. They're saying that, uh... There are only 187 home shares actually registered with the city, which you're supposed to do. Uh, It's difficult to know the exact number of illegal listings because Airbnb refuses to provide data to code enforcement on the number of listings within city limits. Uh, In May 2017, an independent data analyst estimated there were over 950 Airbnbs running basically full-time in Santa Monica. Which is, uh, they're saying over, you know, $15 million is being lost in uh, taxes and various other things like that. I, these people should be taken out and shot.
0: <laughs> well, you see, some <laughs> okay, people Okay, that have might a,
1: be a little bit extreme.
0: A little extreme. But, you know, somebody's side hustle every day is to turn off those listings and then repost them. As soon as everybody yeah. goes home for the day, somebody's making some money on it. I bet. But problem is, they're probably in the Philippines.
1: Probably, yeah. So uh, it's just—I I find this stuff just stunning. It just blows my mind that this is just how we are now as people. Damn animals. Damn filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, the city of Santa Monica should maybe it's like
0: uh, hang out after hours for a little bit and get something, you know, on the books or write a bot, get a bot, get some AI yeah. to scrape <laughs> Airbnb's listings every night.
1: I agree. And City of Santa Monica, if you're listening, I'll do some side hustle. I'll work after hours on this. There you go. So, a little
0: doggy DNA update. Mm-hmm. After last week, and we joked about the responses, and I, I got in touch with the company who did the responses. They had an actual scientist go over all of the data. She called me. I spent an, a half an hour on the phone with one of their scientists, who was very nice, and explained in great detail that I don't have a Doberman, I have a Foberman. <laughs> Basically, he's uh, he, he kind of looks like one, but he's kind of a beagle for the most part. Um, and she went through all of the data with me and she made a very compelling argument that, yeah, I got a mutt that looks like a Doberman. He's only going to be about 50 pounds. Wow. So they were they were right. Yeah. I applaud <laughs> them for all of the work and how, how she explained everything to me. I'm like, uh, I understand, you know, how things like this can happen. But she showed me like she went and like pulled his panels and. And plotted on a graph, like, this is where all the Rottweiler DNA is. Here's your dog over here, somewhere way off to this side. Not even in the ballpark. Same with Rottweiler anything. <laughs> so, you know, my bad. So, Wisdom Panel, I owe you an apology. And I think your customer service is fantastic.
1: I was actually very impressed. You forwarded the email to me. I haven't seen customer service like that since, well, the internet started.
0: Seriously. And this <laughs> wasn't a, th- that wasn't a, uh, like a form letter. You could tell that was, you know, handwritten based on the data. And she even sent me yeah. different links based on the phone call to talk about different coloring. And I just thought I just wanted to follow up and, you know, do a mea culpa on that and say, hey, if you want to try Wisdom Panel, by all means, link will be in the show notes.
1: And I just want to make a quick note since you just said wisdom and that made me think of wisdom teeth. uh, <laughs> uh I- I don't know if you've ever had a really bad sinus infection. Um, we've been just trading illnesses around this house. I guess that's what happens when you have kids. It's my my kid was sick, then my wife was sick, then I was sick, then that went back to the kid and we're working our way through it all again. Uh-huh. And I ended up getting sick again. And my I, my sinuses hurt so bad or they're so like congested right now that my teeth are numb. Oh, my have, God. Has that ever happened to you? And let me tell you, it's really hard to talk with numb teeth. So you, you're hearing me like go bleh all the time. My okay. my teeth are actually numb right now.
0: OK, I was wondering what was going on with you. I'm like, have you, are you doing a little day drinking? You know, no, with, with
2: no all that money like, from your side hustle.
0: You can buy some nice whiskey. And yes. Was-
1: no, I'm a, I'm on a lot of medication and my teeth are literally numb. So my mouth keeps catching. It's really weird. So sorry about that for this. Okay. episode, everyone. Well,
0: I'll do my best in <laughs> editing. Uh, And a hearty fuck you to LinkedIn. Uh, I remember when like a couple months ago, maybe it's been over a year now when my friend Ted Reinhold died and it was a big shock to the Internet and basically, you know, giant kick in the stomach for all of us. And of course, this week I'm having a really bad day. And then I get a pop up email on LinkedIn saying, go celebrate Ted's fifth job anniversary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's really figured out how to deal with people passing on social media yet. And it is awkward and weird.
0: Yeah, it just really ruined my day, but you know I'm over well, it now. Sorry but still, you. just a hearty fuck you to LinkedIn for that. I, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> it's so hard to unfriend anybody or unfollow anybody on LinkedIn that it's just like you have to like call customer service, send emails. They may have changed that since in the since the old days, but back in the day, you could not unfollow somebody because you were tied in business. I'm like, maybe they fixed it. I'll take a look later. But on a high right. note, the Grumpy Cruise is a hit. Everybody wants to go on the Grumpy Cruise. <laughs> Well, at least six people in our Clash Royale clan. And the Clash Royale clan is GOG.show. If you can't listen to it, don't ask. Damn it.
1: <laughs> we say it every show. We say it every show, and it is by far the most uh, asked question on all of our platforms. <laughs>
0: GOG.show. There's, there's spots open right now if you want to jump in.
1: Go, 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 and stop asking us.
0: But yeah, we're, we're discussing where to go on the cruise in the chat, so a lot of people are in. Let's do it.
1: Okay, I guess I have to be in, too, then.
0: Okay, good. Then you're planning it. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, I made the stickers and sent all those out. You can at least do the cruise. In the news. The FCC has finally published their net neutrality order. Yes. Which now opens the ring to all the fighting. Here come the lawsuits. Here come, here come, send in the clowns, send in the clowns, so.
1: Yes, here comes the request for funding, here comes the let's protest this stuff again, it's just never going to end.
0: Well, Congress has 60 working days starting from when the rule was published, so clock is ticking. So they have a chance to Mm -hmm. overturn this, and it looks like they've got close to the numbers that they're going to need. Because nobody wants this, nobody wants this. Yeah. Just the scumbag that's running the FCC, who's now under investigation, wants it.
1: Yep, that's pretty much it.
0: Welcome to, uh, yeah, United States of Corruption. That's how it goes.
1: <sighs> yep, good times. Uh, we talk a lot about websites and and how social media has kind of killed a lot of that, and, and people don't want to spend money on, on anymore. And WordPress and Squarespace have, you know, pushed this thing of. They're basically free, which they aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote, ran across a really interesting article by Rob Locasio, who is the uh, CEO and uh, startup of LivePerson, which is a technology for chat windows that pops up on websites. One of those uh, things we have to, about, to
0: close before we can read an article every week.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but he talks about how the web is basically dead and dying, and it doesn't work for anybody, and it doesn't work... Uh, and you know, the, he's predicting that uh, in this year, somebody, a major brand will just stop having having a site completely. I don't believe it. I don't believe that either. But I like the artic- article. I like what he talks about. And he make, makes a lot of sense. So we'll see what happens. But uh, he talks a lot about why basically HTML doesn't work as, as a format for e-commerce. Uh, and he talks about how Google killed everything and Google sucked the life out of unique online experiences. Everything oh, they looks exactly the same yeah. because of Google. And that is so true. And that's also, you know, even just not getting paid to build websites anymore. It just stopped being fun mm-hmm. because everything has to look exactly the same. Everybody uses the same damn templates. It's so boring. And bleh. so I almost wouldn't mind the web dying at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's moving to their own apps and APIs and things like that. And, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, nobody mourns the loss of Gopher. Just We've only had the web, really. That's been the big thing. But, you know, it would open the door for something new, you know, some kind of new platform, new protocol. The problem is the browsers are so, you know, developed now that, you know, you have to come up with some kind of new markup language to to really unfuck the Internet at this point (laughs) is going to be a very difficult task. But I can see how, you know, I think that there's going to be a dark period probably coming in the next five years where the web just kind of either has a renaissance and fixes itself Mm -hmm. or kind of dies on the vine and everybody just has their apps and goes about it that way and the the web as we know it is pretty much gone i hope that doesn't yeah. happen because i kind of like the web me too
1: i dig it but world
0: yeah so. <laughs> yeah if we grew up with gopher we'd be you know mourning the loss of gopher or fido or the bbs's you know
1: well i did but i don't really <laughs> yeah. miss them that much <laughs> no no we were making yeah.
0: progress and now we're not everything is stifled because yeah the the heyday of the web is over
1: Yep, the web may be dead, and uh, everybody may be switching to apps, but that may not necessarily save you either. Because according to Kylie Jenner, Snapchat is dead as Woo-hoo. an app, and because she said that, and this is unbelievable to me. And again, I can't, I can't believe this is the world we've created for ourselves. Because Kylie Jenner said Snapchat is dead. Snapchat lost one point three billion dollars in market value that day.
0: See, I think this is more of a headline <laughs> because people are people are already pissed off about the Snapchat redesign. It's not just her. It's not just her. I mean, there's a change.org yeah. petition that has 1.2 million signatures on it for them to go back to the old UI. Imagine if one of our <laughs> websites had 1.2 million people that said, yeah, your update sucks. Turn it back. We'd be like, okay, you know.
1: Yep. We're switching it back right yep. now.
0: Sorry, mea culpa <laughs> or whatever. Uh,
1: but yeah. Have you looked at it? Have you looked at the new update? Hell I mean, no. I'm not a big Snapchatter by any means, but I have it and and I looked at it and i like the way that they separated friends from all the brands and advertising bullshit so i don't know what what people are complaining about but then again i'm not a big snapchatter so go
0: back to episode one or two of the show when we were shitting on how there is no ui in snapchat you just have to kind of swipe <laughs> around and figure things out so yep. i think any update would probably be better than what they used to have uh you know you had to it's all like hunt and peck and it's, it's you know, it's like an old video game where you're like, they drop you in a dark room and you have to mm-hmm. figure out where the door is to get out and go on your quest. And it, I don't have time for an app that does that.
1: But people liked it. And what I find really interesting about this story is the fact that Snapchat is actually probably going to listen to them and switch back, which Facebook never did. No, Facebook they, would always just roll out their new UI and everybody would bitch and complain about it for a couple of weeks. And then it was just business as normal again. You, yep. know, you just get used to it. Snap is apparently not going that path. They're going to backpedal.
0: Yeah, I you know, the thing the thing about that is with Facebook, Zuckerberg owns everything. I mean, he's got all the yeah. voting stock. He is the king. He can, mm-hmm. you know, lay down the law. I think it's a little bit different over at Snap,
1: although yeah, I think so, too,
0: although uh, Evan Spiegel earned. I would actually let me not say earned, let me say he received <laughs> six hundred and thirty seven point eight million dollars of as compensation last year, yeah six hundred and thirty eight million dollars for snap's yep. c e o
1: yep, yeah awesome, right,
0: yeah, talk <laughs> about a robber baron. can you believe that third highest c e o payout ever
1: I know it's insane,
0: well, you know Kylie's not the only person to be really ruining uh somebody's day angry birds has uh, lost half of its market value what yeah after talking to the investors their latest quarterly earnings report said uh yeah we're kind of screwed and they lost half of their value and what i say what you didn't think making a single game <laughs> could last you forever and you're gonna go
1: public on it uh, the, all these games, the amount of money that they are supposedly worth when they come out is astounding to me. And yeah, why is this surprising? Nobody's played Angry Birds for like four years now. You've run through every marketing possibility already. You already did Star Wars Birds. You did all yeah, these different all of them. iterations. And, Multiple movies. And all of a sudden, yeah. And now you're shocked that you can't suck any more blood out of this? Unbelievable.
0: I remember when they were going public and we're like, why? Why are you going public? Yes. Why are you going public? You're a game about uh. shooting pigs with birds, and you're going to go public. Who? Yeah. Wh- I don't know what you're smoking over there, but send some our way. Oh, Maybe mm-hmm. they did, and Evan Spiegel got it all.
1: <laughs> maybe.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, now, this story's a little interesting. Eric Lundgren. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of this guy. No. What he's trying to do is he's like an e-waste recycling guy. That's his mission right now. He's done some other stuff, but this is what really it centers on right now. Mm-hmm. He's being prosecuted by Microsoft and the state of Florida mm-hmm. for basically making uh, recovery CDs, Windows recovery CDs. Because what he does, is he takes old PCs, fixes them, and either sells them or gives them away, just trying to keep things out of landfills. He, that's his goal is to, like, you know, we don't need to have planned obsolescence on all of these machines so fast just so you can make a buck. These are fine machines. They can still do yeah. certain things, and people yeah. can use them.
1: The yeah, donate them to schools, things like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, the problem is getting the software back on it, even if you have a license, is extremely difficult because you need the recovery CD. Remember that recovery CD we'd always get with the e-machines and the Dells and all that? and You you treasured yep. that thing. You kept it in mm-hmm. a locked box somewhere in case your machine died and you had to to wipe it and start from scratch. Well, he just yep. made a bunch of them and got sued for it. He made 28,000 of these counterfeit disks, is what they're calling it. Right. I'm saying counterfeit, but... He's just making copies of it for his efforts to keep things out of landfills. He got a 15 month (laughs) prison sentence and a $50,000 fine, even though, even though he never sold a single one of them. That's ridiculous. Never sold a single one of them. And the judge in the case at least declined uh, the order for him to pay restitution because they wanted $420,000 for lost sales, lost sales on a dead machine for somebody who already owned a key to the software. The whole point, would, right. you still needed your key to Windows to unlock mm-hmm. the disk. So this is, I mean, shame on Microsoft for this entire thing. This guy's actually trying to do some goddamn good, and they're just going after him for, you know, just because they got nothing to do, I guess. Some lawyer at Microsoft needs to keep his job. It's like, oh, let's go after this guy. It's, it's ridiculous. I gotta
1: say, I'm a little surprised by Microsoft with this, because Microsoft is generally, doesn't do frivolous or, or stupid lawsuits like this. I, I'm shocked that they did this.
0: Yeah. At least the judge had a, you know, had a good head on his shoulders. And and unfortunately, I mean, they, they wanted to sentence him to 36 to 47 months. Right. Like, you know, over three years, three to four years in jail for making some CDs that he never made any money off of that were legal with the machine that he's giving away. So he, he knocked it down to 15 months, but which still sucks. I mean, that's a year and, you know, a year and change. Yeah. So hopefully he'll fight it and win, but, uh yeah check out the article it's in the washington post it'll be in the show notes but this just made me so angry
1: well another thing that makes me angry is nasa right now and the current state that it finds itself in um space shuttle program canceled in 2011 so that all went private and we have spacex and things like that now which is good but you know what about nasa i I miss nasa Uh, they got the best i miss nasa too yeah you know and I think this is this should be government initiatives with space. I think that's a good thing. I don't necessarily want it to be private because, you know, ads in space. Great. Uh but uh we might have some pretty soon because the ISS, the International Space Station, uh we're <laughs> I guess looking into the possibility of selling it. Yeah. And letting private space industry take it over and great. That's awesome.
0: Well, I mean it's got a it's got an end of life <laughs> on it. So they need to like, you know, if they want to make a new one. They need the funds yeah. to go make a new one, so why not sell off the old one, make a new one, and before this one falls into the atmosphere, let some people go up and, you know, have space sex on the
1: ISS. <laughs> I'm okay with that if that is the master plan. I hope it is. I hope it's not just, let's sell this off and who knows what the hell NASA's going to do next.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they sell it, Branson should buy it, or Musk, and yep. start start a space sex hotel, because that's what everybody wants to do when they go into space, get busy.
1: Yep. That's true.
0: I mean, talk, I mean, put the Mile High Club to shame. Come on.
1: <laughs> and speaking of getting busy, the Twitter folks got busy the other night. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, oh yes boy, they did. did they. They took out a lot of bots. They took out so many bots that conservatives lost their collective minds. Yep. <laughs> because all of a sudden they saw themselves with a lot less followers. Mm-hmm. Oopsies. But that's good. Uh, We got a note from a friend of the show, Tom. He says, the great Twitter purge is underway. I can't say how good or bad their bot detection algorithms are, but they're at least doing the bare minimum. On December 23rd, I set up a Honeypot account and collected over 5,000 followers who were absolutely 100% bots. In the past week, that's been slowly cut down to seven. Three of those are new users I suspect are actual accounts, and the remaining four are marked by Twitter as suspicious. So we have firsthand knowledge of what's going on there. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, people lost their minds. On uh,
0: and a lot of people lost their shirts. You know what I'm not getting from DevUmi, the people I bought those uh, 10,000 followers from?
1: Customer support. A reply. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's not yeah. what I'm getting. I'm like, can I have my 100 bucks back, please? Uh, every every user you've ever sent me is now gone. So I'm back down to my legitimate number for followers, which is around 1,800. So last week when we were talking, I was at over 3,000. And now it is yeah. it is normalized back out to... About 1800, which is almost exactly where I was before I started the experiment to buy the accounts right, which is pretty right. funny. It's like, okay, so at least I know I have some some real users on there, but yeah, I watched I woke up in the morning when I heard this and I hit refresh <laughs> and I'm just like, oh wow, somebody definitely got busy last night and you know what they probably already had this in place all they had to do is hit the button they knew yeah, they knew
1: they hit the button and they can I mean it's a it's a constant you know battle you know the bots figure out ways to get around it and then twitter shuts them down again but i'm glad they're at least doing something now i guess they kind of have to
0: really i mean after that after that expose whew, mm-hmm. man no some way. really good people lost their jobs for you know just having some extra followers which is kind mm-hmm. of stupid it's really stupid yeah if they're doing their job fine i guess like richard roper the the film critic got in a whole bunch of trouble with that too and i'm like I'm not a huge fan of his reviews, but, I mean, he's been around forever. You shouldn't screw with him because he had a few extra followers on Twitter. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but his, his 24-year-old boss probably doesn't see it that way. Probably not. Yeah. And on the BBC, they have a great article called Eight
1: Reasons Facebook Has Peaked. Mm-hmm. Did you go through these? I did, and and it makes sense. I don't mm-hmm. think Facebook's going away, but the idea that they could keep growing, I mean, everybody and their dog, literally, are on Facebook now.
0: And and a lot of people are leaving, as we've talked about in the past couple episodes. People just keep leaving in Mm -hmm. droves, and and here's you know these are the eight reasons: a drop in users, they've they're Mm -hmm. actually going down. The number of active daily users in the in Canada have dropped Mm -hmm. to their biggest markets. Um, Drop in engagement. And here's the thing: this is the one that made my stomach turn because I think about how many man hours this is and how much human potential is wasted looking at stupid shit on Facebook. (laughs) Now. <laughs> Facebook reported that the amount of time users spend on Facebook had fallen by 50 million hours a day. That's yeah. 50 million human hours a day. That's just the yep. drop. That's not how many people, <laughs> how much time people spend there. That's yep. just the drop. So it's a little bit. Uh, it just makes my stomach turn.
1: That you know. The next one is the one that really made my stomach turn. Advertiser enmity. Hmm. Uh, would you care to elaborate? Facebook has been forced to admit that in the past, it wildly overestimated how much time viewers spent watching videos on its platform, a.k.a. Fraud. They lied, fraud. it's fraud, and all statistics are bullshit. If you cannot I- independently track statistics and you are re- relying on the company that you are paying to get the statistics, they are lying to you.
0: Yep. So, <laughs> uh, that
1: yeah. is the one that drives me crazy. It's yeah. all
0: bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, number four, disinformation and fake news. Yep. (laughs) Number five, with former executives speaking out about how they built the platform to be addictive and Mm -hmm. basically give you those dopamine rushes and come and clean on that. The regulatory mood is hardening is number six because everybody's Mm kind of sick of it. You know, it's like, you gave us Trump, you assholes. Uh, Time to crack down. Yeah. And number seven, GDPR, which we've talked about a bunch with Bittner. That this is going to be a huge shakeup because these people are looking at massive amounts of fines if they don't stay in line. Yep. And finally, antagonism with the news industry, which obviously, you know, we've said don't, when, we, when any of the news industry people said, hey, we're going to put a bunch of content on Facebook. We're like, are you stupid? Are you just <laughs> stupid? Why, yes. I'm going to stick my head in the lion's mouth and just ask him not to bite. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? But everybody felt like they had to. Yeah. So I see I see peak Facebook right now. They're going to have to do something massive to change it because people are just tired. Tired of it.
1: Yep. People are tired. We just need somewhere and to go.
0: Somewhere to go. Web 7.0, please hurry up and get here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we like to pick on AI all the time, and I like to argue that... Uh, there is no AI yet, but It doesn't uh, exist whatever. yet, yeah. It doesn't exist yet, but uh, again, you know, because even the Verge is now falling t- to putting AI in their headlines. Google's new AI algorithm predicts heart disease by looking at your eyes. Now, this is kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. still machine learning. It's not AI. Yeah. But this is the exact kind of thing that that this technology is going to be great for massive amounts of pattern recognition, finding connections faster, better and easier than humans do. Yeah, this is cool. This is really cool. I love the medical uses of this. I forget who I was
0: listening to. It was on some show that I worked on. A guy was a Mm -hmm. machine learning expert and he was talking about, you know, what kind of jobs would you tell people not to go into right now if they're in college for it and to change their major? And cardiology was the first one. He said, you don't want to be a cardiologist. Machines can spot anomalies way better than people can and cardiology is going to be one of those those fields that is just going to be obliterated pretty soon in the next like five to ten years so like if you're in if you're in college for cardiology just get out now you know
1: yeah, well, I mean, basically, they're saying right here, by analyzing scans of the back of a patient's eye, the company's software is able to accurately deduce data, including age, blood pressure, whether or not they smoke, and then they can predict the risk of suffering cardiac events, such as heart attacks, with roughly the same accuracy as current leading methods. How cool is that?
0: It's very cool. And I've been using this for a couple of years. When I go get my eyes checked, they take mm-hmm. high-resolution photos of my eyes, and they t- they tell me, like, your blood pressure is a little high. You might want to go see your doctor. I'm like, right. Oh, I just- <laughs> that ain't gonna happen but uh thanks for letting me know which i already knew but yeah they can come up with so many different things and the the scans of your eye are pretty cool so i guess they are taking all of those scans and running them through the pattern recognition which is great i mean yeah if if i had to sign a form that said you could take you know use the photos of my eye to you know next time i come in when you take a picture it'll be better Mm -hmm. than it is now sure take it go yeah by all means the one thing though (laughs) that is also not ai is the uh the AI that we talked about uh, last week or the week before that's doing the, uh, the fake videos from Derp yeah. Fakes and those guys. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite one of all time. Somebody took Alec Baldwin's President Trump impersonation <laughs> and put Trump's real face on it. Awesome. It made I mean, I was just cracking up.
1: It was so perfect.
0: It was so perfect. There were a couple other ones in the article that just weren't as good, but that one was so damn good.
1: Just, it was really, really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, lawmakers are now worrying about the rise of fake video technology. So it, yep. this has gotten the gotten the ire up of people in Congress, and they are worried about this thing, and uh, they're going to start looking at it uh, a little more deeply, which will be interesting. I don't know what the hell they can do about it, but...
1: Yeah. Uh, that's the problem. It's, yeah. it's the fact that we're rapidly heading towards a place where you're not going to be able to trust anything that's digital.
0: Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yep. Let's go back to film.
2: <laughs> <Please>?
1: <laughs> oh, well, let's go back and talk about AI again really quickly because uh, a new report has emerged. Uh, AI risks are painting a grim future. It's a hundred page report entitled The Malicious Use of Artificial Intelligence, Forecasting, Prevention and Mitigation, uh, boasting 26 ep- ex- experts sorry, from 14 different institutions and organizations. Uh, they do not have a rosy view of what AI is, is going to do to our world. Uh, the big takeaway of the report is that AI is now on the cusp of being a tremendously negative disruptive force as rival states, criminals, and terrorists use the scale and efficiency of AI to launch finely targeted and highly efficient attacks. Awesome.
0: Again, AI doesn't exist yet, <laughs> but the thing about this when I was reading this, I'm like, if these guys would have just read the first two Daniel Suarez novels, <laughs> they could have they could have skipped this convention because he, he laid it out so perfectly that mm-hmm. everything in those books is... Pretty much what they're talking about in here. So if he's not on that panel, he should be. Um, it'd actually be a better use of his time considering his last couple of novels. Um, but even the drones, sw- even the drone swarms from his third book are in here. And he, you know, it, this was easy to predict stuff. You know, what six, seven years ago when we were talking about it. Yep. And don't get me wrong, I think Daniel's a, a great guy. He's a very smart guy. He just needs a co-author. That's all. You know? Yeah.
1: Last last book wasn't that
2: great.
0: No. Well, last all of them. After after Freedom TM, I, I was done. I've read them all, but I'm just right. like, and you had the problems with the one because, you know, of course, the old professor gets the, the, hot, <laughs> the hot intern. Yes.
1: It's the it's yeah. all sci-fi authors can write anymore.
0: So Elon, who is on the board of OpenAI, has finally stepped down from the board. So he's going to all spend right. more time on uh, his other options instead of spending time with this because maybe he's just like, fuck it. Let's go make some rockets so we can get out of here faster. <laughs> but also, they're doing, quote unquote, AI at uh, oh. Tesla for the, I know, I know, uh, for the self-driving car projects that they're working on. So he, he thought it might be a conflict of interest. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can see
1: why. Yeah, good
0: on him. I like him more and more every day. Now, I've never seen this site. You probably have, musicbusinessworldwide.com. Why, yes, I have. There's a great article in here about the great big <laughs> Spotify scam. Now, this is, this is not Betteridge's Laws of Headlines. This is somebody who has a lawyer. <laughs> it says, did yes. a Bulgarian playlister swindle their way to a fortune on, on streaming service? Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, th- that's a lawyer that wrote that. Because from the research in this article, yes, there was a Bulgarian playlister who did swindle Spotify out of a lot of money. Lower estimates are did too... he? but it... Did he, though? Is it swindling or uh, is it playing That's that's playing That's
1: my question. Yep. I do not think he swindled Spotify right. out of anything. He gamified Spotify he gamed and he the won.
0: Yep, totally mm-hmm. gamed the system and won. Like, low estimates are 288000 a month. High estimates are $415,000 a month. But he did this all with 12... Or she, I think it's a she, did this with 1,200 premium accounts, which means... They were paying Spotify for yep. 1,200 accounts, so they let it go yep. for a while until somebody at the music label pointed it out. that's like, why is this on the global list? There's nobody listening to this playlist. And they're like, oh, well, it, it, I, I don't know. So this person <laughs> took a lot of money out of the mouths of, of starving musicians and took it for themselves because they found a loophole, because technically what they did seems to not be illegal. It was within the terms of service.
1: Yeah, I don't see how it could possibly be illegal. There's nothing wrong with what this person did, and very clever. I mean, <laughs> I respect this, as opposed to the people that are pulling off Airbnb listings when they know people aren't working. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, this is all right. I, I I hope Spotify learns a lesson, and they can shut down those, uh, those loopholes.
0: They say that they're working on it, so we'll see. But uh, I'm just pissed we didn't think about this, because... Well, we didn't have well, that. We did. we we, <laughs> we, well, we did. We actually discussed
1: this very thing. That's I, I, true. I know
0: we did.
3: Yeah, we, we did. We
1: discussed this exactly. Like two years just, ago, yeah. Like we do with everything. We just, we just don't do it. <laughs> well, you know why? Because
0: 12, 1,200 premium accounts on Spotify is a lot of money, and we're broke. So we, we need a true. backer. We need a backer for our black ops. So if anybody that's out there right. wants to write us a check so we can do some of the crap that we talk about on the show, get in touch with <laughs> us. I'm Jason at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Ups and doodads. About a year ago, I signed up for Rescue Time for mm-hmm. the exorbitant amount of over $70 a year. And what Rescue Time did was it tracked all of my app usage on my Macintosh computers, either my desktop or my laptop. And you could put it on all of them and it would track it across. And I got a picture of what I was doing throughout the week. Right? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. The quantified life that we always talk about not doing.
0: <laughs> exactly. This was my quantified life. And it was, you know, it's kind of just hands-off quantification, as it were. Right. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting for the first month. And then after mm-hmm. that, I would just get an email once a day that told me when I had done five hours of productive work. And right. after that, I mean, I never looked at it again. So fortunately, when it came time to renew, my credit card had been declined because I changed my credit card, as we talked about on the last episode. Thank you again, person on Virgin America stealing my credit card to go get a martini. Um, So I did not renew with Rescue Time, and I will not renew with Rescue Time. I've uninstalled it because while it is interesting, it is interesting for maybe a month. And it changed my behavior,
1: not one bit. (laughs) Well, that's, uh, as we've discussed over over the years on this show, quantifying stuff doesn't really help. You don't change your behavior at all. You just now know the stupid shit you're doing.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, you have to couple that quantification with with habit change. I mm-hmm. I ain't nobody got time for habit change. So I'm too busy looking <laughs> at my rescue time graphs. So, yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'm happily rid of rescue time. And it's one less thing that's running on my computers, phoning home to somewhere. Good. Yeah. So I do not re- recommend rescue time. Uh, what right. I also don't recommend, and I think we need to have a new segment in apps and Doodads called Dumb Instagram Ad of the Week. <laughs> because I am getting inundated with all of these ads, and like I talked about like two two or three shows ago, that most of them are people just buying stuff cheap and then reselling it for twice the price that you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, this is a new one. This is called the Shape Scale. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a scale with a with a telescoping arm that you pop out, you stand on it, and then the thing swivels around you and takes a three D scan of your body. Right, something that nobody wants. Which you then (laughs) do what with? (laughs) Over time, it will tell you exactly where you're losing fat or gaining fat or how Mm -hmm. your body is changing over time. You know what tells me that right now? Clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Very good point, Brian. You don't don't even have to get that does my ass look fat Amazon product to tell you that your ass looks fat. You can just tell my ass doesn't fit in my jeans anymore. Or, Mm -hmm. wow, I got more wiggle room in these. Nice. I like it. This is like the really quantified self since it is scanning you. And, and it's phoning that scan home back to the servers where it can then be analyzed and uh, against and your hacked. other scans. Hacked. And hacked. Exactly. <laughs> I do notice that everybody in the uh, photos and videos of this are wearing clothes. But I know when I weigh myself, I'm butt naked because I don't want a single extra ounce <laughs> of anything on me. But the thing about it is that's not even the worst part about it. You know it might be a good idea for some people to do that, but uh people like who are you know professional athletes and things like that, but they can go get like dexa scans and stuff like that to tell their fat. The problem with this is the scale is three three hundred and forty nine dollars mm-hmm. plus nine ninety nine a month. Your scale comes with a subscription, yes, because you're using their storage space, right, <laughs> or you can pay six hundred and ninety nine dollars, and that's the all you can eat package. But who knows right. how long they're gonna be in business. So, you know, if you're gonna hedge your bets, you would go with the $9.99 a month, thinking that they're probably not gonna be around very long, but that's still a high price point to pay for scale. Mm-hmm. I thought my yes. Aria at ninety-nine bucks was too much. And this thing is it's ridiculous. Who needs this?
1: No one. No one needs it.
0: No. So that is my dumb Instagram ad of the
1: week. Okay. We'll have to make a jingle. i also think we need a jingle for for these companies for these companies that just are black boxes and don't tell you how anything works and they just lie to you because that's everybody right now youtube's in a bit of trouble again youtube's trending youtube's trending section is under fire once again after another misleading offensive video made its way to the top of the list uh this is after the shootings last week and uh the far right kind of went yeah, as they do, conspiracy crazy, and are claiming that some of these students that are speaking out now are actually crisis actors. They're not real students. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of these videos made it to their to YouTube's top trending, even though it's not supposed to. YouTube's algorithm is supposed to pull, pull out misleading videos and things of that nature. Misleading clickbaity and sensational titles and thumbnails impact viewer satisfaction and engagement. So... Th- yeah, according to their own terms of service, this wasn't supposed to ha- happen, and it keeps happening, and nobody seems to know why, except, of course, YouTube knows exactly why, because it's their damn algorithm.
0: Now, are we sure this wasn't the Russians?
1: <laughs> hey, it could be at this point. Who the hell knows? Well,
0: because after the shooting, the, the bot farms went into high gear on yep. getting misinformation out there and, and just stoking the the you know the whole gun violence thing. And you know yep. gun rights and all that. A lot of the the chatter that everybody's been hearing is from Russian bot farms.
1: So yeah, which I is take, crazy.
0: I don't I don't trust anything
1: anymore. Yeah, I don't either. We're already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not a big YouTuber, but that is something something I use a lot. I I had thought that I'm a year and a half now into having my kid, and I had, had thought I'd have a lot more apps and stuff to talk about in here, but I've mostly kept. The kid life analog, which has been a real joy. I love not having that be digital. So it's been fantastic. But the one thing I do use all the time is the YouTube app on Apple TV. They updated it. Uh oh. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> it is horrible. I mean, people hate it. I am not alone on this one. Start a petition. Uh, there's a, yeah startachange.org petition they've gotten rid of so many features they've tried to make it why do people keep changing things it's like i am i'm am becoming my dad but i'm not wrong <laughs> uh, <laughs> your complete guide to the new apple tv youtube app is a link in our show notes you can go look at it i don't know you know not a lot of pe- people probably use it i do i use it all the time I've created playlists that are like you know, fi- you know, Sesame Street shorts on on YouTube are about a minute or two l- long. So you make a playlist and you put like fifty of them in the, in there. And to maintain parental sanity, you <laughs> randomize it. You put it on shuffle mode. They got rid of shuffle mode. Oh God! They uh, you cannot shuffle playlists anymore. You have to you watch them in the order that they're created. Why? Why would you get rid of that? I don't understand. <laughs> and they've done things like they've uh, if you subscribe to channels and you want to go through your subscriptions it used to be like a little grid so you could see like 20 at a time or whatever now there're these gigantic icons you only see like four at a time so if you've subscribed to like even 20 channels it takes a lot of time to scroll through them all it's just stupid it is completely user unfriendly the one thing that they that i've also noticed is they play a shit ton more ads now They have definitely fixed that (laughs) part. (laughs) So there are ads upon ads upon ads way more more than would pop up in the old version of the app. So it's just bad. I wonder if the same people that redesigned Hulu redesigned
0: YouTube, because I don't know if you've seen (laughs) the Hulu app, but I mean, you should check it out because you will you will just lose your mind. You will lose (laughs) your mind. The UX and the UI on that is so unbelievably bad that. You know, they lost me as a customer because of it. There's, there's no way to yeah. find anything. You can't use the app.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The YouTube app is just so bad now on, on Apple TV. It's it's frustrating. I'm frustrated every day now when I'm trying to play some stuff for my kid. Why don't so you I get a PC and bathroom? plug it
0: into your TV and then just use the web app? Use the website. <laughs> sorry, not the web app. The website. And just, and just <laughs> yeah. lock it into your TV and make a media center.
1: I think I'm going to have to go around to doing that. So once again, all these things that are supposed to make us uh, make, make things easier for us are just making it harder. So And the web still Good wins. Times. Yes. Speaking of the web and app changes, I whatever happened to the activity scroll on Facebook that used to be on the far right-hand side? Is it just me that hasn't seen it for two months? I turned is it, it off. completely.
0: With, I've turned mine off with uh, Facebook Purity or FB Purity. So maybe you turned yeah. it off and you haven't checked, unchecked the box.
1: No, I, I checked that. I might have to try uninstalling FB Purity and see if it comes back because I miss it. That that was one thing I actually liked about Facebook. <laughs> okay. I don't I do so know. So it is I just me. It. Okay. I will check into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uninstall FB Purity and just, it, it's a good way to reset your calibration on how terrible Facebook is, is to turn FB Purity off for a little bit. I tried it for a week and you can't use <laughs> Facebook then. Period. You can't use it. Yeah. That's why I sent the guy 20 bucks. I'm like, thank you. Right. Thank you. If I have to use the steaming pile of shit website, (laughs) I appreciate the effort that you've gone into to make it easier for me. And I love you for that. Here's 20 bucks. Go buy a six pack. Um,
1: Damn
2: right.
0: Now I found this one this morning, actually this guy, Arthur Grabowski Mm -hmm. had a question about uh, Apple maps versus Google maps versus waves, Waves, Mm Ways, not waves. Uh, And he wanted to figure out which one actually worked best. So he did 120 trips, meticulously documented them, and he was trying to answer three questions. Which navigation app estimates the shortest travel time? How does each mm-hmm. app over or underestimate travel times? Which navigation app actually gets you to your destination most quickly? I would say I would just care about the third one in this yeah. in this list. But so for a year, this guy, I mean, you can go to the website and read his methodology and look at all his data and Figure out how it is, and I'm, I'm going to, spoiler alert, uh, Google Maps is better than Waze, and uh, <laughs> if you want to get to your destination most quickly, use Google Maps. Yep. And if you don't want to burn your phone out prematurely, also, use Google Maps. Because Waze- I love this guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm so happy he did this, because it solves so many arguments that I have all the time with people about what to use, and I've always been, Google Maps is the best, by far, and vindication, damn it. Yeah, my
0: friend Ron Jones, who doesn't listen to the show because he hates podcasts, will never hear this, but he's a Waze guy. Uh, I think MXV, who does listen to the show and is a friend of the show, uses Waze. So, Mike, Mm -hmm. go back to Google Maps. (laughs) Uh, And uh, this is my favorite one of the week. I found this one over on Boing Boing. Uh, Make your own Alexa-controlled toilet. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So there was a guy who was inspired by the $6,000 toilet that they were showing at CES, and he figured out how to do it for about uh, 700 bucks. Okay. You just buy, like, you know, the uh, uh, you do buy a luxury toilet seat off of Amazon and some other components, and you put it all together, and he, he made an Alexa-controlled toilet for uh, a tenth of the price that you could get from uh, CES. Well, why? Oh, I don't know. Why? Why not?
2: Alexa,
1: flush my toilet. Exactly.
0: (laughs) What is going on? Alexa, spray my balls. (laughs) That's it.
2: Media candy.
0: This just in. Netflix's Lost in Space reboot reveals first teaser trailer. What's also breaking is, I didn't know Netflix was doing a Lost in Space reboot.
1: (laughs) Me either. Yeah. Uh. I, I never really liked the show, and I hated the movie. See, you know I
0: love the movie, and I don't, I I don't mind the show. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to dust off our outro for this episode from the archives, because we haven't played that in a very long time. But this has Toby Stevens from Black Sails, who was the captain in Black Sails, which was an amazing show. I love that show. He'll be playing John Robinson. Molly Parker from Deadwood, who was awesome. She's going to be the wife. And I love this. Parker Posey is going to be playing Dr. Smith. I do love me some Parker Posey. Dude, tell me about it. Almost <laughs> better than Spock's mom. So Almost. Almost. Uh, so this is going to be premiering on April 13th. Uh, ten episodes. It's a ten episode run. And uh, man, if they, if they knock this one out, this is going to be great because they're going to have back-to-back sci-fi hits with this in Altered Carbon.
1: Right. So, I
0: don't know if you have you gotten a chance. Oh, of course, you haven't gotten a chance to see Altered Carbon yet. That's a silly question. Did you
1: not look in the show notes? I, I'm going to be discussing it in a second. I'll just do it now. Oh, don't. Because oh we're talking God. about it. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> I did. I have seen five episodes of Altered Carbon. Okay. So. Uh, I have to say, stab yourself in the dick for all I care might possibly be the dumbest line ever uttered in a show, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just in last night's, so I had to make a note of that. Uh, it's not bad. It makes me long for The Expanse to come back, to uh. be honest. Um, it's decent. It's well done. Uh, there is a, a ridiculous amount of gratuitous nudity.
2: Yes! You haven't uh, plain, even seen half of it Obviously... <laughs>
1: obviously just meant to make the show edgy i can imagine the meeting let's make a sci-fi game of thrones everyone yeah. and i hate the lead actor guy I, he's too wooden for me i oh, can't remember see, his I, name offhand you never watched the killing so you don't know
0: him from no. the killing he was you know no. he was like a skinny junkie dude in the killing and now he's mr mm-hmm. B- i like the guy I, he's grown on me through like the five seasons of the killing so i was really excited to see him back i like the guy
1: so I, just, I I I have a rough time with him. I like the rest of the cast. I like the show so far, but it is like my wife walked through the room and she's like, "Are you watching a porn?" And I'm like,
0: "Kinda, <laughs> kinda, sorta." <laughs>
1: Want to join me? Kinda, sorta. <laughs> <laughs> so, here. but uh, I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna. I, I, it's enjoyable enough so far. I do like the story. It's you know, it's a sci-fi mishmash. There's nothing new in here, but it's very well done. So, yeah.
0: Since you're I'm only on, on episode five, I can't really say anything, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it again down the line, but uh I I really enjoyed it. And yeah, the the main character is he is a little wooden, but I like him. And what I really mm-hmm. like is the um the the AI hotel pose. Yeah. Edgar Allan yeah, pose I do place. love that. It's so cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's very cool.
0: Anyway, uh speaking of shows that uh, should not be, Apple's Carpool Karaoke is getting a second season. I don't know anybody that watched the first season. All I heard was terrible reviews
1: i don't know anybody that's watched it on apple i know a lot of people that watch the clips on youtube it's very popular okay (laughs) apparently so i don't get it i don't get james corden so who knows
0: i don't i mean i've seen a couple of his episodes and i thought he's funny but it's it's a little he's a little too much for me i miss i I miss craig ferguson in that role
1: Ah, me too all right. Well, speaking of reboots and, and things that are coming back again, the Muppets are coming back again. Oh. Jim Henson's classic characters are being rebooted for Disney's new streaming service because Disney realized, unlike CBS, <laughs> you need content if you're going to charge for a streaming service. But Disney so, probably
0: also realized that the Muppets aren't an adult show. And that's why this last Disney reboot or this last Muppets reboot, I should say, failed. It was a way yeah, too, way too adulty.
1: Yes, I agree. The Muppets should be what the Muppets are and adults enjoy them when they're for kids. Mm-hmm. Don't make it for adults. So I'm happy they're coming back. I've always loved the Muppets. They're also producing a CGI update of the animated series Muppet Babies, which I remember watching as a kid. I was so never in the I'm Muppet excited Babies. about that too.
0: Yeah. Since basically we're based on two characters from the Muppets, I can't I can't argue that they're <laughs> coming back.
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh and I also watched another movie this week, another Oscar nominated movie. I watched Icarus, the documentary. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yep, it is so good. Yeah, I I, oh my god, it is so good. And uh, Leffitz wrote about it after he saw it as well, and I agree with everything he said in his article. For once, this is just amazing. It's an amazing story. The way that it plays out, uh, the fact that he had no idea that this is what he's going to be getting into, and it ends up just basically being about how Putin's a really, really, really bad dude, and uh, we should not trust him at all. are you listening, administration?
0: <laughs> it's funny. I thought I reviewed this on the show, but I haven't. I, it was on another show that I reviewed this. That's so why I was like, I was surprised when you were like, "Oh, yay, Leftists is great." I'm like, dude, I reviewed this show. What are you giving him all the credit for? But apparently, it wasn't this show. So my bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Everybody should watch it. It's incredible.
1: Yes. Unbelievably good. Uh, Go watch it. It is just stunningly good. I I loved every second of it. And it's just funny because uh, the day after, you know, I watched it. The story comes out. Russia confirms Curler's doping positive (laughs) but raises (laughs) doubts about drug source because doublespeak because uh, they realize that they can't get away with just flat out denying it. So now they cast aspersions on it and make you doubt it. Yeah. So there you go. And as posted on uh, Facebook from a friend, Russian curler has to dope to compete. Canadian curlers don't even need to be sober. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, hell true.
0: And speaking yeah. of Bob Lefzitz, uh, he's got a podcast. Yes. yes, he does. I've been listening to it. What do you think? It's not bad. Yeah, I don't think it's bad at all. Um, all right.
1: All.
2: Yeah, um, it's
0: okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's, I mean, it's not you know super engaging. I literally put it on when I go to bed at night because I know if I miss any of the content, I'm not going to care. I just need people talking in the background. And so I might get a few interesting stories before I fall asleep. So I've been trying it, but it's better than I thought it was going to be from his newsletter. Because, you know, I can't read his newsletter. It annoys me to no end. But his podcast is way better than the newsletter. Yeah, I agree. And this is something interesting. I've been meaning to talk about this for months, but I keep forgetting to put it in the show notes because I'm always in my car when I think about it. When I have to listen to NPR in my car, because there's nothing else on Mm. I noticed that they're using the kind of these smart tags in FM radio. You know how you like yeah. they can push the uh you know the artist name and the song name to your mm-hmm. radio? Yes. WBEZ here in Chicago and they're probably doing this with most of the NPR stations. They're pushing traffic updates. Nice. So you can see so you don't have to like wait for traffic on the hour or traffic on the 3s. Uh it literally says it's like okay Lakeshore Drive, 12 minutes from, you know, 55 or whatever. It's just like, it, you, can, you know the codes because you listen to traffic all the time. So if you know where you're going, you can see the codes come by and it just streams traffic to you constantly. I thought that was really clever. That was a really clever use of the technology. That's a very good use of the technology. Well done. Well done, NPR. At least you do something right. Security? Ha! The gang's all here. We're back with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. How's it going, Dave?
3: Oh, just Dandy, gentlemen. Just Dandy. How's everybody doing? Peachy Kino. <laughs>
0: Excellent. So we're gonna start off this week with a little bit of follow-up from hack, spelled H A Q U E, mm. which I think is a very clever way to spell hack. I think it's elegant. You sure it's not like a sneeze like Hack hush? you!
3: Hack you! <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. All right. As a quick aside, I always thought it'd be great when, when my—I could never convince my wife to do this—but I thought it would be great to give my kids a middle name that was just a sound. So, like, <laughs> you know, my son, my oldest son's name is Scott David Bittner, right? So, you know, my middle, my first name is his middle name. That's a little tradition we have in the family. Bad obs, bad obs. Males, ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> so, but I thought it would be funny to have a, one of uh, give a middle name that was like. <laughs> 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 just and you know and i don't know how you spell that but just say hi i'm scott david bitner right <laughs> anyway my wife
1: wouldn't go for it <laughs> i'm john uh door from star trek smith
3: right <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly right <laughs> somehow i just couldn't get her to buy in on that one i don't know i can't imagine why that I, didn't happen uh, uh, yeah yeah anyway i i digress okay
0: so i got a tweet from heck you uh Mm-hmm. When we were talking about the uh, canary in the coal mine idea that I was talking about last week, it's apparently been done. There's a site called canarytokens.org where you can do that already. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he says, check out, check out the risky.biz episode where it is discussed, free and awesome, which I believe is his podcast. So we want to give him a shout out for that.
3: Oh, yeah, that's great. I, I have heard of, uh, I, in fact, I know people who regularly use those kind of tokens in emails so that they can know if an email was opened or forwarded or things like that. Oh, pretty common interesting
0: yeah definitely be checking that out at some point
1: point. and a friend of the show david teeter sent us an awesome graphic this is from xkcd it's 2018 cve list i'm not going to step on the joke but uh, go to the show notes and uh, click on the link and check out the leaked list of major 2018 security vulnerabilities <laughs> it's quite funny it's a good one yeah And uh, Lifehacker, again, came out with a pretty basic but uh, probably needed guide for a lot of people because everybody now has smart home devices. This is how to protect your privacy on your smart home devices. It runs through the basics, the Echo, the Home, and the Home Pod. If you have one and you've never taken a look at the settings, I highly recommend you go check out this article. Some basic stuff to just shut some things down.
3: It's interesting to me how many people are sort of poo-poo these devices and say, I'm not putting a bug in my house. (laughs) <laughs> Without really thinking about like, is there a shortage of microphones in your house? Like every single phone you have, every single computer you have, probably your TV. Uh, you know, you, your t- yeah, you can. I mean, you can put a band aid over the camera on your laptop, but you, it's hard to plug up the microphone. I know we've talked yep. about that before, but uh, yeah. So it's it's an interesting perception thing, I think, that people think of these devices as being more spy-like, I guess because they assume they're always listening, which I suppose they are in a way. Mm-hmm. In a way, with a small buffer that gets deleted, right. yeah. in
0: theory. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on your laptop, we discussed, I think maybe three years ago, the NSA had a, a PDF that got leaked about how to harden your Mac, and it mm-hmm. showed ways to, like at the at the uh, the system level, how to disable your microphone so it's it's off. You cannot turn it yeah. back on, and a bunch of other different things with the camera and all that. Which was a pretty how interesting. Yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good leaked PDF, if uh, I, I remember properly. And it wasn't that hard yeah. to go go through. It was pretty easy to do, but I still need to use my camera every now and again, so it's easier to take the tape off when I need to do a Skype yeah. call than it is to go back into the kernel, recompile it, <laughs> and make the camera work again. You know.
3: <laughs> well, and on the opposite side of that, our friends over at Johns Hopkins, uh, you know, Joe Carrigan was telling the story about how some of their researchers figured out a way to have the camera come on on the Mac without the light coming on mm-hmm. without the LED. So yeah.
0: yeah, that that's that's actually kind of, you know, malware 101 is to get that going.
3: Yeah, but I think a lot of people assume that there's sort of a direct hardware link between, you know, that that that, that LED is the is a, actually a power indicator yeah. when <laughs> no. you know, it's it, it's it's not. No, it's, it's, not, it's not, even not
0: close. So I have a story, David, about uh, the smoke
3: alarms you got me. Oh, I got you. All right, go well, on. Well, you, you had. Me I, I feel get. like I'm about to be blamed for something. Oh, yes, no, 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 you are no, no. now. Per, you are now personally responsible, of course. Rest easy. Rest easy. Way to frame it. Way. All right. So I got. Right. I got these. Go new, I got
0: these new first alert smoke detectors, and I got mm-hmm. the Samsung Smart Hub. And today yep. was the first day I was alone in the house because all the dogs were at daycare for the first time ever. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to set these up today. But first thing in the morning, I took a shower. And Mm -hmm. left the door open. Mm. And I've always thought it was BS, the story that your son gave about setting off the smoke alarm (laughs) with the steam from the shower. (laughs) Because for the past three weeks, the new first alert has been on the counter in the bathroom. And I take very steamy showers. And I'm sure you never. Yes, of course, baby. I live alone and I'm single. (laughs) What are you going to do? And uh, it has never gone off. Ever. And there's so much steam in there. I'm like, okay, this is the same smoke alarm that he has. I can't set it off with my crazy steam. I'm thinking maybe some shenanigans were going on with the kid that day. Maybe a little puff puff, if you know what I'm saying. Not out of the question. Today, I was taking a really hot shower. It was really cold in the house, and it steamed everything up. And my 10-year-old first alert smoke alarm started going off right outside the bathroom. Because I still haven't put Ah. up the new ones yet. Uh huh. And there I am. Laughing my ass off, dripping wet, naked with the towel, waving it at the smoke detector. Smoke alarm <laughs> screaming at you. Right. And just and I'm I'm cracking up because I'm like, yeah, this is pretty probably what David's
3: kid was doing at the yep. same time. Vindication. You're you're in an elite club now. <laughs> yep.
0: So at the Love same time, t- like when I was done, I got on the show, I ripped that one out of the ceiling and put the new one up. And then I went I went through the house today and set him up with the smart hub. So now I'm all set up with all of mm-hmm. my my alarms it wasn't a bad setup with the no with no the smart i thought hub. it was pretty straightforward yeah 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 so now i can check and i can even check battery levels on them which is really nice yep. so all in all the the investment in the smoke alarms and the smart hub was under 200 bucks for four alarms and the hub itself so i'm i'm down with that after almost burning my house down with the chicken soup a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yes yes I discovered uh, just like uh, New Year's. I discovered, you know, how they your your the local news will put out stories about all the new laws that have been passed in your area. Yeah. And it uh, turns out that Maryland passed some new regulation about smoke detectors where smoke detectors have to have built-in lithium batteries. So technically these first alert units that I just installed less than six months ago uh-huh. are now – illegal oh that (laughs) sucks Uh, yeah well you know i'm really gonna rush out and replace them right away let me tell you you know seriously
0: i don't think they're coming over to inspect your house
3: no no they're not they're not so but you know yeah, there you go. So, so your yeah. your kid is
0: vindicated. He he might be still on the straight and narrow, but probably not. But still, <laughs> yeah. as I'm uh, like, not. it's five in the yep. morning. Yeah. It's pitch black outside, and I'm sitting there waving my towel, dripping wet. The dogs are looking at me like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I thought you said the dogs weren't home at five in the morning. They were. I had to get up early to take them to, uh, the daycare so when I got home I could do I the see. settings to put them all around the house.
3: oh uh, I, yes, I understand. This was yeah yes, this the, was... <laughs> the indignity. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: My 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 young son is staring at me and just going, Dad, what are you doing? What are
3: you doing? Yeah.
1: oh <laughs> Oh.
0: Anyway, oh moving on. yeah
1: Moving on. We've talked a lot about the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. It goes into effect May 25th as of this year. I know this because Facebook is apparently taking it quite seriously. I got a number of emails from them letting us know that uh, they want to make sure that you ensure your Facebook business complying with these uh new requirements so they're taking it seriously apparently and they want to make sure that you do too if you happen to be running a business still on facebook which it was uh, i don't know why you would be doing that but if you're dumb enough to continue to do that pay attention
3: <laughs> yeah and i think really they have no choice i mean the the, no. <laughs> the you know they're, they're they're they've got a big uh, hammer hanging over them when it comes to this and I was actually – we ran an interview uh, recently with – who was it? Andrea Little-Limbago from Endgame. She was talking about how she thinks that it's going to be kind of a wait and see, that maybe we'll have to see some real big uh, fines come down from the EU before people take this as seriously as perhaps they should. Right. Yeah. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. We'll see. So this is an interesting one. Flight Sim Labs is in the news because they have a little add-on to Microsoft Flight Simulator for the A320X, which is a $100 mm-hmm. add-on to Flight Simulator that lets you pilot an Airbus A320, which mm-hmm. I think would be kind of fun. Yeah. I, I love Flight Simulators. I had Flight Simulator 1.0 on floppies for Microsoft. It was great. Ooh. Except what that didn't come with was a bunch of malware to dump all my Chrome <laughs> passwords. Oops. Yeah. These guys guys put a Chrome password dumper in there to basically what they're saying is, well, this is only triggered when we detect a pirated copy of our software. Well, as history will tell you, uh, ask Sony, uh, that's a bad idea. It's a really, really bad idea. So the community has come out against them and torn them to pieces and so they defended themselves and said, oh, no, no, don't trust. It. It's, we're not using it against you, our faithful paying customers. And they're just like, screw you. You put malware on my machine. And they're like, OK, OK. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Our
0: bad, our bad. And that's kind of how that played yeah. out this week. But how do these companies think that they can get away with this crap anymore?
1: Unbelievable.
3: Uh, yes, there, this is a uh, bad judgment all around, uh, not the least of which the name of the file that it dropped was test.exe. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that couldn't accidentally be clicked on. And again, like like you said, they're claiming that that file will only be invoked if they um detect that you're using a pirated serial number. But to me, this is... It's like you stole my software from me so now i'm entitled to burn your house down exactly like, <laughs> yeah this is not this is not proportional um and uh so they may have some legal problems ahead because, i hope so yeah because i mean yeah. think
0: of every malware like uh, guy out there now who's looking for that to see if that files on the system so they can just use the one that's already there they don't even have to bundle it into their malware like oh it's already here we'll just use theirs never mind they did the work for us it's already on the system
3: yeah, I you know, I guess we can give them a little bit of credit that they did apologize in the end and, and sort of reversed course and said, okay, well, this is wrong. with should have done this, which, is, <laughs> yeah. which is unusual. So at least I guess we can give them credit for that. There's no real – we don't know – what they got, how many people they got it from, but yeah, just bad, bad form, and and hopefully uh, they'll be appropriately punished and send a message to everybody else that this is not cool. I'm guessing that the add-on for
0: the A320 on Microsoft's Flight Simulator is a fairly narrow audience. I don't think we're talking yeah. in the millions of people here. Probably no, not. But
3: still. But, uh, but, still. <laughs> if, if, but but still, I think. To that point, though, you could see how if you were the person making that and you did have a limited audience, how it would really stick in your craw that you saw all of these pirated serial numbers being phoned home to you, you know, from the from the pirate bay and so, you know, wherever. Um, And so I, I can see a. An emotional response Uh, you know the the developers (laughs) sitting around on a Friday afternoon you know they've had a few beers and they're saying how can we get these people these you know if we don't put a stop to this we're going to go out of business how can we get these people and somebody pipes up says I've got an idea and somebody says excellent do it (laughs) and
0: the thing is that this is 2018 we We
3: know how to register software and make it unusable
0: for the most part I mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's not that big of a problem unless their software is so easily crackable and their hashes for their passwords are so easily crackable that anybody can just go do it or send a yeah. copy of the, you know, the plug to somebody else and have them just turn it on and have it go. Um, there are ways, I mean, there's just so many ways around this and it's just, it's such wasted effort.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, this next story was sent to me by a colleague who uh, sort of sent it under the, uh, the the title, are you aware of this? Here's something you might want to know about. Uh, It's a company who's spinning up some technology. They're called Hawkeye 360. And basically what they're doing is they're putting a a network of low-Earth orbit satellites up. Mm -hmm. And they're claiming to be able to basically track radio signals, any radio signal Hmm. from low-Earth orbit. And there are, of course, very useful purposes for this. You can, you know, for logistics, for tracking your shipping things and uh, maritime stuff. And, you know, there's emergency response, search and rescue. Um, there are uh, communications things. You can, you know, map spectrum and so forth. Um, but the thing that my friend pointed out to me um, was that one of the things that they're kind of on a low level, it seems, um, selling this is that, There are, of course, law enforcement uses for this. Mm -hmm. So, if you can track a cell phone signal from space instead of having to use cell phone towers, Mm. uh, this would enable you to do such a thing. Now, again, you know, legitimate uses for this. So, you know, for example, if you had a couple of ships at sea who were on a course to meet each other and suddenly they turned off their transponders, um, but there are crewmen on those ships who still have their cell phones on. You could track those signals and, you know, if they're up to no good or, you know, with uh, uh, counterfeit materials or, you know, smuggling or things like that, then you could use this to track them. But but I think there are there's the potential here for some serious uh, civil liberty issues as well. So I uh, put this in here to see what you guys thought about it.
0: I want to know how they're going to track a cell phone from low Earth orbit if it's not pinging a tower yeah that's weird i mean if they can do that the technology that they've created is incredible
3: well i don't know for sure i mean and and, you know when your cell phone can't hit a tower it goes into high power mode and just starts trying to reach out and find a tower Mm -hmm. right and so uh, you know i guess it's a matter of how much sensitivity do these low earth orbit satellites have and i'm to be clear i'm speculating on some of this but you know conspiracy theorists start your engines (laughs) <laughs> um, it, it's an interesting new approach to technology, or I, it's probably not the right way to say it. it. Somebody's spending a lot of money to put these satellites up into space, and there are lots of applications for them. I guess, to me, this is just one of those things we're going to have to keep an eye on, kind of like we've kept we trying to keep, a keep an eye on eye things on. like stingrays. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes! but it's sort of the it's the st- it's the stingray technology mm-hmm. perhaps taken to another level. Now,
0: are these yeah. actually in space right now because it doesn't seem like they are. This seems like a proof of concept and they're raising money to get the, get them in the in the sky.
3: I do not believe they are in orbit yet. Okay. I so this is this is basically in... like this could
0: just be a guy out there with a website <laughs> making could stuff be.
3: up. <laughs> you know. Could be. Could be. I mean, they've got some pretty... Uh, some interesting press. They've got some names on their board, and, yeah. and they, on their board of directors, and they've been around for a little while, so yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's more than that, but yeah. uh, eh, just it, it's uh, as much a thought exercise as anything, but uh, something I figured our audience might enjoy checking out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, we don't need tinfoil hats. We need tinfoil raincoats.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Big umbrellas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> tinfoil umbrellas. Yeah. What are you going to do? Now... Uh, this one, this one is because we talked about travel and border crossing and things like that in the past, and I just, I just saw this this morning, and I was just, this was a Picard forehead palm moment. U.S. Border Patrol hasn't validated e-passport data for years. Turns out, for the past eleven years, they haven't been able oh to actually do the checks on the RFID chips that are in the back of our passports that they're scanning every time you <laughs> go through customs. Mm-hmm. So. Theoretically, until now, you could have been changing all of that data because they're not checking like the hashes against the data, so they can't really tell if the signatures match the data, so they can't tell if it's a forgery. Right. 11
3: years they've been doing this. 11 years. Because they just yep. haven't
0: installed the software.
3: And and at the same time, they're requiring other nations to be compatible with the system. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the system that they're unable to use. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. So I just, I'm like, you know, we can, we can have conspiracy theories for days, but I think the, the level of incompetence (laughs) is just so fantastic that it's really not worrying about. So that just comes back to your Hawkeye. I'm like, until somebody, you know, tags me with a Hawkeye map somewhere, like prove it works before you can, uh, before I'm going to worry about the, the,
3: the law enforcement applications, because all of these things
0: are just, they're, they're vaporware.
3: I remember when these passports first came out, you know, there were people the privacy folks were saying either hit your passport with a hammer yeah. or <laughs> put it in the microwave for a few you know, a few seconds or buy a fifty dollar wallet that chip. you could carry it in. Right. But this was more to actually disable it oh, even yeah, yeah, for yeah. The, the, the border people themselves gotcha. so, yeah, when, so they can't scan it, you know, so that just becomes a like an old fashioned passport. I do remember the nuking uh, the
0: passport you know. phase when that those first came out. That was fun. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a common, common advice. So yeah, it's interesting. 11 years seems excessive to me, but, um, that's the pace of progress, I guess, in the government sometimes. Oh, well, there you go. Um, our next story here, uh, I, I put this in here uh, for Brian and, uh, <laughs> also, uh, well, also because I know you guys talk a lot about, this notion of um, universal basic income, and this mm-hmm. story touches on that as well. The story is uh, tech companies should stop pretending AI won't destroy jobs. Right. And uh, you know the the writer here um, is basically making the point that yeah, there's going to be a lot of jobs <laughs> lost, and there isn't going to be work for everyone. And yeah. he admits that he's perhaps a little contrarian, and not everyone agrees with him. But, uh, at the very least, we should be prepared for this possibility, which it seems as though certainly here in the u s we're not prepared for this possibility
1: oh no, not not even slightly, so. I do like this. I like this article a lot. I mean, I this is this is my viewpoint, and I, I tend to agree with him. I don't see this as a, I don't I don't see AI as, as making a, creating more jobs. It's going to take jobs away. I don't see any other way around that. And you know, so it is frightening. It is it is worrisome to me that uh, that we're head, heading here and we're not even really having the discussions.
3: Well, and, and for me, it's, it's so much of our culture how we identify ourselves or define ourselves i suppose is this notion of independence of of hard work and and that work equals value to society and yeah. our ability to adapt if that becomes no longer the case and i think i agree that we are probably heading towards a time when that is not so much the case uh, how we value each other and and put value on people and you know friends family colleagues neighbors it's going to have to change, but unfortunately it seems as though that sort of change is slow coming, so interesting times ahead perhaps. Guys, you've already I missed agree. the
0: point about this. Yes, no. it's going to destroy a lot of jobs, but if you want to sign up for Uber and get your side hustle
3: on, you can make a fine living. That's,
1: That's true. true.
3: I forgot about that. That's Good point. Well, what happens when Uber becomes all self-driving, smarty pants? Well, then, hmm. then we're all screwed. But it's not here yet. <laughs> I see. So get uh, it while gotcha. you can. Get it while yeah, you that's can. Right. Get side hustle pull. while you can. While you can. <laughs> right. Right. Screw everybody else. I'm getting my side hustle on. That's right. <laughs> Got to get me a Lambo. <laughs> oh, God. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 1Password has a new feature on their new version that just came out. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I think it was updating these yesterday. They have a pwned <laughs> password check now. So when That's you nice. when you're making a new password, you can actually see if it is part of the database out there from the uh from pwned passwords. And this was the guy that did what was his original one? Uh have you been pwned? I think that was the same guy. Right. Yeah. So yes. they're they're mm-hmm. using that database to just check any new password you're making against that database to see if it's actually ever been used and uh picked up by one of the scrapers, which I think is kind of cool. I don't I think it might be a little overkill, but Because it's like, we're not going to have unique passwords for every person on the planet for every service. I mean, I guess- That's true. I guess, you
3: know, theoretically you can, but- (laughs) I would also think if you're using one password, you should be allowing one password to auto generate your passwords anyway. Right. So it should be random. And I mean, this mostly helps people who, despite using a password manager, can't help reusing passwords, uh, which- Uh, It seems like an edge case to me. It defeats the purpose
0: of having a password manager, honestly.
3: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) but I guess there's no downside to this. I mean, I have, again, you know, back to the conspiracy theorists, I have heard people say, there's no way I would ever put a password into the Pwn password database, then they'd have my password.
0: I think we said (laughs) that, actually.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, so... In a way, you're turning over. You're allowing password to check your password against the Pwn password database. That's a lot of p's. Yeah, it and, really um, is. <laughs> so, but overall, I, this is probably a good thing. I don't see any downside to this. So why not? No,
0: I don't either. Yeah. I don't see a downside to it. I think it just might add on a little bit of extra, you know, issues if you're if if people are going to be like you know you know very militant about this and they're like oh well, then it, I, I can't have to have a password that nobody's ever used before. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it seems like kind of silly because with the password restrictions on some websites, there's going to be a finite amount of passwords that can be used on that. Yes, it's probably greater than the amount of people that can ever sign up for a website. But still, every now mm-hmm. and again, you might get some overlap and then you got to do it again. And I mean, yeah. it's 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 a, I think it's a cute gimmick and I don't think it's much more than that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But no, no harm done, I guess. No
0: harm, no foul.
3: Right. All right, so this last story, uh, this one's for you, Jason, and we're back to uh, our running theme of uh, teledildonics. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, via Zach Whitaker's Twitter feed. Zach Whitaker is the security editor at CBS, and uh, he had a nice tweet here. From the inbox, a vibrator that orders food following an orgasm. Oh, okay. <clears throat> This is technology I know we've all been waiting for. A <laughs> uh, company called CamSoda has a device that uh, when you're finished with your business, you push a button and it automatically orders a large cheese pizza. Oh. Now, that's just what I need. Now, here's the thing about right this. Right after. Okay,
0: the the, the new... <laughs> this is the debut of Rub Grub, which I think is hands down the best porn company name in the history of the world. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And since it's a vibrator, I'm guessing it's generally for women. So... Why don't they press the button before they actually use it and then just have sex with the pizza guy like every porn ever? (laughs) You can skip a step and save some battery life.
3: I suppose that's true, but let's not be discriminatory. There's no reason why gay men could also press the button and also have sex with the pizza guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. This is also true. It's
0: just harder to find find the button when the vibrator is behind you is all I'm saying.
3: I just
1: I think the marketing's all I think the marketing's all wrong for for women because most women I know would get a salad not a pizza. True. Mm,
2: true. Shouldn't they
3: deliver that? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I have a story. Okay. And I can't believe I'm going to tell this story, but it is I t- I'm, I'm telling you this is a true story. Oh, do tell. Okay. I'm going to kick my feet up for this one. It's story time with Papa B. So, when I was in college, uh Back in the late 80s, early 90s. uh, My senior year of college, I lived in a dorm uh, on campus. And uh, this is actually a a four-story building, and it was full of suites, which are basically apartments without kitchens, right? So I was in this suite on the fourth floor. And this was – imagine a U-shaped building, and our suite was in the lower part of the U, the curved part of the bottom of a U, and we were on the fourth floor, and um, I had three roommates. There was a double room and two single rooms. I had one of the s- single rooms. And the, one of the guys who lived in the double um, discovered that because we were high up in the air, if you looked out our window down at some of the other rooms, all the windows had mini-blinds. And, of course, you would adjust the mini-blinds so that people could not see in from below. But you could see in from above. So one of our roommates, uh, learned that one of our neighbors, uh, another student, presumably, um, she and her boyfriend were on a schedule, <laughs> a regular <laughs> schedule. And the schedule involved the boyfriend would come over the same time, um, a few times a week. And, um, the schedule, it, it was actually, uh, involved, um, how shall I say this? He would pleasure her uh in fact he to the point where he kept his clothes on and she did not uh he would pleasure her and then uh after she had her fun um they'd order a pizza nice every week they'd order a pizza okay. now to me this seems like the dream guy for every i mean really right ladies i mean <laughs> yeah. this is this is a this is a true gentleman right takes it takes care of your needs and uh, and then brings food gives you, or orders give, gives food.
0: You, yeah, gives you a slice after. That's nice.
3: Right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. after we had established what the schedule was, um, you know, we we did research and and by we I mean all my other roommates because of course, uh, <laughs> uh being a peeping tom is bad and I do not recommend it. And uh, <laughs> this is you know, quantified
0: stalking because you guys actually measured yes, yeah. when exactly, things were happening. The, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, hopefully, the statute of limitations has run out on whatever <laughs> this was. So, uh, just for fun, being crazy college students uh, that we couldn't resist uh, couldn't couldn't uh, resist ourselves, um, we ordered the pizza ahead of time. <laughs> nice, because we we knew they were on a schedule. So when he, rather than waiting until they were done, we, uh, we uh, another part of the story is that the Domino's pizza was literally about a hundred yards from this dorm. It was across the road, oh, so you could so time you it knew, perfectly. Yes, you knew because they they walked the pizzas over to this dorm, and you knew it takes twelve minutes to cook a Domino's pizza, took about two minutes to walk over. So you could, with some uh, amount of precision know when that pizza would be delivered. So at this point, we had our data, we had our charts and graphs, we knew exactly, you know, how to time things. And so we did. And so sure enough, we were all gathered around watching and we ordered the pizza. And uh, sure enough, this gentleman shows up and uh, takes care of his his, uh, his regular obligations, and everyone's happy, and as they're finished, they, sure enough, right on cue, the pizza guy comes, knocks on the door, and uh, hilarity ensues when you see the gentleman <laughs> there at the door scratching his head. Did you order the pizza? I didn't order the I don't think I ordered the pizza. Who ordered the pizza? So, this is not this... While they have automated this idea, these folks who made this device that orders the pizza, I would just like to say, for the record, this is not a new idea. This is an idea... <laughs> That we had come up with some 20 some years ago.
0: Okay. So, so everybody, so, so both of them came at the same time. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh. Uh, now, here's, here's the thing that I'm, that, that we kind of glossed over is, is kind of the, the slogan of the Rub Grub get mm-hmm. off and get stuffed, all with one quick click of a button. <laughs> Missed that That's bit amazing. at the end of there. Yeah. Get off and get It <laughs> usually goes the other way around. But yeah,
3: you know they're flipping things on their head. It's it, it, it. What happens if when you're in your enthusiasm, you inadvertently order two dozen pizzas? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just keep jamming. The bu- you keep pressing the button. Pressing the button. Pressing the button. Uh, <laughs> hello, ma'am. We're here with your two dozen pizzas. Ellie's hungry
0: tonight. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. What what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly All right, well, go wrong? Well, on that note, gentlemen. Nice.
0: You have, you have uh, just ruined the innocence of all of our listeners who looked up to you.
3: Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh, uh, I can't our, wait to our, hear the feedback. Our <laughs> <laughs> listeners are so innocent. <laughs> yes, so it, was, it was in college. It was a you know it was an innocent time back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> we had to find entertainment right. where we could. That's true. There was no yes. internet yet, so we didn't have phones. We didn't have you know we were would dial up modems. We were dial up BBSs is what we were doing. Yep. that's so right. It was a different time. All right. Well,
0: thank you for the story, and we will talk again next week. All right. Thanks, guys.
2: Brick-a-brick.
0: This is pretty cool. There were some original script pages for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure posted on Twitter by one of the authors, uh, Ed Solomon, Mm -hmm. who co-wrote it. And it's it's a really interesting – this is a little short article in Gizmodo, but it's really fun to – like listen to him talk about the script and how he's like nobody's ever going to read this thing, but we were in such a good mood when we wrote it. But if we don't do anything else with our career, we are happy to say if we put out, you know, be excellent to each other as a meme in the universe, we've done our job. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: So if you're a Bill and Ted's fan, which everybody should be, you should go check this out. It's 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 a really cool little, just uh, a cool little snippet into the writer's mind. And I found this one this week, which, because I'm in the middle of Top Chef, I the, the mm-hmm. last episode is on my DVR, and I was looking at this site, and I almost ruined the finale for me, because they have all the results up there. Uh, it's called topchefstats.com. Mm-hmm. And it is like, you know, MLB stats, but for Top Chef, because they're <laughs> on like, you know, season 15 or something like that, some ridiculous number of seasons. Uh, but they right. t- they go through like, you know, okay, people who cook risotto never win. People who cook this always, you know, it's like... It has like the splits on who cooks what and who wins these competitions is more likely to get to the top. It's, it's mm-hmm. just a really cool site. If you're a top chef fan, you have to check this out. It's really fun. And I put this one in here for you, Brian. It's another one from Gizmodo. I hope this kid appreciates how awesome his custom made Star Wars ATST high chair is. And it is a really cool hand carved chair, high chair in the shape of an ATST. Did you check it out?
1: I did. Spoiler alert the kid will not appreciate it. Okay. Kids too young, but ah. I appreciate it. It's badass. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> we'll make you a man chair for <laughs> oh, That'd be nice. You should, oh, you should make bar chairs. Oh, that'd be very cool. Yeah. You Somebody have to should do that. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who has skill nice. with woodworking and gives a shit.
1: Yeah. Not me. Put
0: them on Etsy. We'll buy them.
1: That's right. Or
0: Brian yes. will. I won't.
1: And we've got some really good news for for the two of us, Jason. What? There's a, st- a good study that just came out that found out that for those, if you want to live to be over ninety, alcohol is better for you than exercise. Yahoo,
0: <laughs> doggy! I'm in. <laughs> I'm yes, in. when
1: it comes to making it to your nineties, booze actually beats exercise, according to a long-term study led by the University of California, uh, tracks seventeen hundred non Non-Nigerians enrolled in the 90 plus study. non Nanajarians? Eh, whatever. 90. Old people. And they discovered that subjects who drank about two glasses of beer or wine per day were 18% less likely to experience a premature death. Uh, participants who exercise 15 to 45 minutes a day cut the same risk by 11%. So work out a little bit. Drink a little bit, and you're going to live forever. Other factors found to boost longevity, including weight. Uh, if you're slightly overweight but not obese, cut your odds of an early death by 3%. Okay. It's, uh, so they say it's not bad to be skinny when you're young, but it's very bad to be skinny when you're old. And subjects who kept busy with a daily hobby two hours a day were 21% less likely to die early, and those who drank two cups of coffee a day cut that risk by 10%. So by all accounts, Jason, you and I are going to live forever.
0: Yeah, I need to drop about 20 and then I'm in that 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 range, but uh okay, yeah. So, I like to drink. I don't like to work yep. out very much. I can I can get a little bit. Uh and I like coffee. Mm-hmm. I can get a hobby. Yeah. And uh yeah, and I definitely don't like to be skinny. So, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we're going to live forever.
1: Yeah, and if you don't, I have an important link next in our show notes. Uh, Gather these 25 documents you need before you die.
0: (laughs) Wait a shit on Uh, that one.
1: (laughs) Because we're all going to die someday, and some of us are getting closer than others. But I just thought this was really interesting because it's something we don't like to think about, but we do need to think about. And it's a handy-dandy little little guide to basically stuff you need to get together. And you should anyways. Not even just for death. This is just... Look at all these important documents. Put them in one one place so you've got them. So do it, people. That's, Take a look.
0: That's very interesting because actually this week I was thinking about putting my will together. Not because we mentioned it from NPR last week, uh, <laughs> which you didn't believe me about, but I put a link in the show notes that links to NPR on their website asking you yep. to put them in their will. So if yep. you missed that you one, right. go back to the show notes last week because it is a thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm putting together my will because they were saying on uh, I listened to. Uh, talk radio in the morning wgn 720 and uh they have a lawyer on there and she's like look if you don't have a will the state has one for you and your family's yes. not gonna like it so <laughs> just go put one together so i'm thinking i'll just go to legal zoom and and figure out how to put my will together there just so it's so all this fantastic stuff i have around my home doesn't go off to some auction somewhere if i get hit by a bus good idea
2: yeah <laughs> of the week
0: this one just came out today, and it's pretty interesting. Since October, Apple has made around 1,600 false alarm 911 calls from Elk Grove facility. The Elk Grove facility is uh, one of these ones in Northern California, and yes. what they're doing is they're refurbing old Apple hardware. Well, apparently, these people are butt dialing 911, <laughs> and so when they when they look at the enhanced 911 and they can see the address, they see it's coming from Apple, and they do it. But the problem there is. Apple is calling nine one one a lot. If you and I were but dialing nine one one, we would go to jail. So, where's the accountability <laughs> here for these Apple techs or just Apple itself? Why not put you know just a couple cell phone blockers in the building or something around those machines, or just make sure that you can't call nine one one from them because you know they because have the S O S feature.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, it's just silly. It's very silly that this is actually it, it's such a problem that it made the local news in Sacramento. So, it's a problem because at some yeah. point somebody's going to be on a legit nine one one call that needs help, and some you know idiot on a smoke break just is picking up a bunch of phones and di- like they all dial nine one one. Everyone's like doobie like, and they're not getting the help that they need.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, they've got to be getting fined at the very least for that. Yeah, you'd think.
0: No, you know what? They're going to get more tax breaks from Sacramento to put their facilities. Yeah, uh, of course, of yeah. course, yeah josiah Zayner, he's a very famous biohacker and he performed his own fecal transplant no god (laughs) and tried to edit his own dna with CRISPR on stage at a conference and he considers Mm -hmm. himself both a scientist and a social activist well this guy has finally come out and said it's bad it's bad it's a bad idea to hack your own body (laughs) thank you I mean, Thank he's a PhD. You. He has a PhD in biochemistry and biophysics, and he's a smart guy, so he knows the risks of experimenting on himself. But mm-hmm. now, other people are seeing him as a role model and doing really stupid things. Yes, <laughs> uh, these people are injecting gene therapy intended to treat herpes. Also, at a conference, before quickly spiraling into erratic behavior, another guy dosed himself with a similarly untested treatment for HIV. And what I really like is. Hank Greeley, a bioethicist at Stanford University, told Gizmodo regarding Roberts' experiment. Roberts is uh, one of the guys who did one of the stupid ones. If he really did inject a DIY vaccine, I hope it doesn't hurt him. But if it does, at least he would be in line for a Darwin Award. Bravo. Lovely. Bravo. Feedback loop. Huge thank you to our new Patreon subscribers, Matthew M., Mark S., Jessica L., Lon T., Trav H., and Oliver S. Thank you all so very much for joining us on
1: Patreon. We appreciate it. Over on Twitter, we have some uh, comments here. Nerd Rewind sends, Dev's been listening to and loving GOG Podcast. She's grumpy, definitely feels old, is a geek, and loves their take on things. Give it a listen. Well, you're already listening, so thank you. Thanks guys. Uh, ben Stanley has sent over it's done. Winamp two JS finally supports all three windows. So I guess if you uh, want to try to use Winamp again, you can. Did you play with this at all? No. It's pretty I'm cool. Too lazy.
2: Is it? It's really, really pretty cool.
0: It, it just it, it works just like Winamp. I definitely had an old school boner over this one, just like looking at it and clicking it, and everything worked. And it even had the nice. you know the the Winamp sound bite with you know with the better than a llama.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Love that. Dude, it was so cool. Yeah, definitely check it out. Just just for like two minutes of nostalgia, you'll enjoy it. Okay. Ross Craig also wrote, People aren't using Torrents as much as they discovered Cody, and now the best APK terrarium TV. For music, I subscribe to Google Play Music. Uh, you know, you're right. We didn't even think about Cody. Cody basically yep. is the same thing as Torrents, but for people who don't want a torrent. It's not the same system, but it gets you the same result. But yeah. Yes, I it can does. see how Torrents uh, are going downhill, but that's fine you know,
1: more room for us. Yeah, that's right. And clue and Vaz writes into you, Jason. You guys need to try this app on your MacBooks. I get more battery time Enduranceapp.com. Did you check it out? I did. Does it work? It's funny. No, (laughs) I mean, not as far as I can tell. So it it says helps your Mac run 20% longer. Uh, You know, it's who knows? It looks like it's just turning things off
0: at different intervals, like when you're not using them.
1: Yeah, it seems to be. So it may work. It may not. It's it's nothing I'm going to have installed because I just uh I'm not too worried about my battery life. It's OK. Yeah, because you're always plugged in. Yeah, I'm always plugged in. I'm not traveling a lot anymore. Back in the day, this might have been really useful to me, but now not so much.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I can't benchmark it either because my laptops are basically in use for about half an hour unplugged every day when I'm <laughs> watching TV. But for the most yeah, part, I'm most... on I'm on desktop machines now. So. I I, exactly, you know, I'll give it a shot. Maybe if I'm going to start traveling more, which I'm not. So um, I put, we're going to put the link in the show notes for everybody to give it a shot. But uh, if it's working for you, that's great. But yeah, unfortunately I can't
1: benchmark it at all. So yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And over at GOG.show, a few people wrote in. First off, uh, we got Jessica here. Hi, guys. Love the show. Informative, insightful, and hilarious. You both obviously put a lot of thought and work into the show, and I'm happy to be able to support your efforts. Here's my question, though. In some of the recent shows, you alluded to confusion between AI and or machine learning. Is there a past episode you can point me to where you go into this in more detail? Very interested in this explanation and hearing more, as it feels like every day there is some new development in these areas I'm hearing about. And as someone without a technical background, it's all pretty abstract and bewildering. Thanks jess
0: uh no unfortunately this has kind of been a long burn that's been building over probably what a year and a half now when everybody started talking about ai and machine learning and confusing the terminology because ai doesn't exist yet that's the that's the real issue is there is no artificial intelligence people you know they fudge the definition for headlines but at a real deep level when you talk about what artificial intelligence is from what we grew up with which is a general artificial intelligence, there is no such thing. It is all basically machine learning and lots of decision trees at this point. But yeah, yes. it's kind of, yes. there's no real single episode that we could point back to. It has been just a long annoyance and that's been stuck in our craw
1: over and over again. <laughs> I'd say I'd say the last two years is when it really started to peak in journalism, where AI was getting shoved into every press release and every headline, and it's just generally driven us mad. So More you than me, I couldn't
0: care. but it's more you yeah
1: it drives me mad because words matter so jake
0: writes in, gentlemen read through the first few john scalzi books from the old man's war series and came to the fourth book zoe's tale wanted to know if you guys had read it and what you think either way love what you guys are doing and my girlfriend and i have been enjoying the videos of bam bam and dino on instagram one last thing. A few weeks ago, I asked which system care program for PC you guys would recommend, and I wasn't sure if I missed it as I was deploying to the Middle East at the time. Thanks again, Jake. Well, glad you're back from the Middle East. No, on the PC front, we didn't have any recommendations. Brian's been off PC for a long time. I'm just starting again with uh, my my Tron's taint machine, and uh, <laughs> at some point I might have some recommendations, but nothing yet. As far as The Last Colony goes, check out episodes 202 and 205, where we review that uh, uh, sadness of a book.
1: As far as the PC thing goes, I mean, I used to use Norton um, as a good system care stuff, but from last I'd seen, it's gotten so bloat-weary that it's insane, yeah. so I, I don't, yeah, don't really have a recommendation, sorry.
0: Yeah, nothing here. And uh, thanks for checking out the videos on Instagram. The, the puppies yeah. appreciate it.
1: Hmm. And Joanna writes in, Hey guys, what was the app or extension you used to periodically delete social media content? I can't remember or find a reference to it. Thanks. Uh, we both use tweet delete for Twitter and there really isn't anything for Facebook.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, there is. There is a thing on Facebook. It's not automatic. Um, and by the way, tweet delete is at tweetdelete.net. link will be in the show notes on basically this is a Chrome extension. It's called the social book post manager. So you can use that extension to go through and delete all of your past Facebook history. It'll take you half a day if you have a lot of stuff. It doesn't go very fast. Uh, turn off the previews is my recommendation. And you'll have to run it twice on each page, but it, it'll do the legwork of clicking delete, submit, delete, submit, delete, submit. It'll do all that stuff automatically. And you can clear right. it out. But yeah, it is called the social. It's, it's, it's such a dumb name. Wait, wait for the hover. Social book post <laughs> manager. Okay. I'm guessing they couldn't use Facebook in the extension name without getting it booted. I'm
1: out. thinking probably not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. This, uh, we're over to iTunes now. Mm. And uh, this is SNRN1016. Three stars. Mm-hmm. Title mm. is More Better. I really want to like this podcast. Their technology is superior and the topic's interesting. But at this time in U.S. political history, I need more than that. People in the public eye need to step up. While I don't expect it, I would appreciate if they would use their voice for marginalized people. However, the overt sexism makes me want to throw up, and I just can't tolerate it. And instead of dismissing an issue and not understanding it, a mention of Get Out on their last podcast, maybe take a deeper look. I like my public figures to be more self-aware and socially conscious than these men currently are. Men in a privileged class need to do better, in my opinion.
1: Brian, would you like to start? There's so many different places I could jump in here. I just really appreciate the fact that somebody on 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 the left doesn't like us. I just feel like we took we've taken enough one star ratings from from hardcore conservatives that, that we should be treated better by by our own kind.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. <laughs> Look, we're 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 not social warriors. We're a bunch of fat no. old geeks who stay at home and talking to microphones. I understand. Get out. Here's the deal. I know everything behind the story of Get Out. I know what happened with it, and I know why it's important. I just didn't think it was that great of a movie. But I understand the (laughs) issues behind it. I just didn't think it was mentioning in a two-minute movie review on our show. And, you know, yeah, you may like your your public figures to be more self-aware and socially conscious. Go listen to another show. We're tech geeks. We're talking about
1: nerd stuff. I appreciate you giving us a three star too, because it sounds like it should have been a one star rating. But hey, you gave us three. I like that. And the only other thing I take umbrage with this here is the privileged class part. I don't know if you're aware of our financial situations or our upbringing, but uh, I and I know there's a sliding definition for privileged class. But I personally don't think that I grew up in a privileged class.
0: I grew up in trailer <laughs> parks, so poor as dirt. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I understand that. Yes, we we are white males and. I think we missed the privilege window for the most part. But... I,
1: I, did ne- I never got the, uh, the uh, privilege memo, unfortunately, yeah. so I had to kind of take care of things myself. Pretty so. much. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just because we're white yeah. dudes in our 40s doesn't mean we got any special treatment. Uh, and I know right now she's throwing her phone against the wall because she's like, yes. just, just by definition.
1: Yeah, by definition, we're privileged. Exactly. I, know. I get it. I know. So, so anyway, our next uh, five star rating. Yeah. Our next five star rating came from RJJJJ. From the Russian Federation, awesome. If you're tired of technology screwing us up and human stupidity overall, you are not alone. These guys are crapping on all of that in a highly crackable manner. This fucking thing got me into binge listening. He's using the at sign for a lot of cuss words here. The only downside is the more I listen, the less hope for blissful future of humanity is left in me. Where the fuck are we all going? It scares the shit out of me. Thank you, guys. Keep making the great work. I don't understand why your stats are so low. It could be something wrong with it. Maybe because of different platforms or something like that. I believe your audience should be much bigger. By the way, I do not consider myself dumb, but it took me at least five minutes to find where to post this review in Apple Podcasts app. I listened with Overcast and went to Apple Podcasts app just to leave a review. Well, thank you. You're Russian. I'm sure you can help us sort out the stats. You can get us a bunch of bots, right? <laughs> you fixed an election, for Christ's sake. Well, here's the, here's the deal. He also figured
0: out how to swear on on Apple yes. iTunes reviews. He's a clever motherfucker, is all I'm saying right now. And yes. I, I was impressed. As, as, as clever as he is, yes, it is that hard to find how to do a review in Apple <laughs> Podcasts app. So you made it through the gauntlet, and we appreciate it. But when you're an Overcast, please uh, hit the little star on each episode. That'll get us in the rankings up in Overcast so we can get some more views there because it seems that everybody is dumping the Apple Podcast app and going to Overcast. So Marco will now have a super mansion pretty soon, but it's good for him. But we just want those stars. So uh, we appreciate it. And uh, this is our first review from the Russian Federation. So thank you very much. Ar- yes, it is. Yes, thank you. Next one comes from Keels as a five star. Move over twit. All right. I like that. I discovered this over the holidays while Leah was playing Best Doves on Twit and Mac Break Weekly and needed to find something to fill the void. Love the show. It's now my first play of the week. Woohoo! Bumping off the Twit shows until second. Love the variety and humor. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Keels, very
1: much. Yes, thank you. And our final rating of the week another five star from Douche Rocket. Best name. Best name. <laughs> awesome podcast these guys are awesome been listening to jason for years on aoc and now the jordan harbinger show this is a very informative and entertaining podcast keep it up we shall well, thank you yes if you want your question or comment right on the show head over to gog.show support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air and if you're so inclined please head over to gog.show slash itunes and toss us a five star and a snarky review My closing shout-out this week is to Flonase, the only thing that's <laughs> keeping me not dead at the moment. <laughs> I'm not, not the, kidding, That's not sadly. the flow from
0: the insurance commercials, right?
1: No, no. This is an actual, like, uh, uh, some sort of spray that you put up your nose and it makes you feel better. Okay.
0: Yeah, we used to call that cocaine in the in the 80s. but uh...
1: I was about to say, not cocaine.
0: <laughs> that might help. Hmm. You might want to try some of that. You're in the town for it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, only privileged white people can do cocaine
0: (laughs) (laughs) also not true anyway uh my big shout out this week is to doggy depot i know i've mentioned them before but doggy depot in downers grove illinois if you have dogs that need boarded go there they have helped me with my new my new little guy who is dead on the couch asleep because today was his first day of school and they treat they treated him well and i am very grateful you have no idea how very grateful i am to doggy depot so thank you very much
1: Thank you. Hyper local plug for all those listening in the the Federation. Serious
0: hyper local plug, but you know what? They did me a solid. Damn it, they did me a solid, so they get a plug.
1: All right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister.
0: And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at gog.show 248. And the Clash Royale Clan is at gog.show, so you don't have to ask again. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.